bumping tunas now. She's exploring herself. Bumping tunas? Yeah. <laughs> what's she doing? They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 55 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I love the reassurance you were giving me now that we can see each other. I know it's been a few episodes, but you're going 55. Yep. <laughs> he did it. Yeah, it took a few episodes for us to get that right. We, for There was a little like, a Wild West period where we had no idea what was going on, but we it is 55 now. I'm sure of it. Yeah, positive. Because we just released 54. We have another one that's already recorded. And now this one is the... You didn't even know that. You forgot. So does that make... Is that going to be like a an unreleased episode? What no, we, we can release that next week. <laughs> so that'll be fit. Eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's why this one's 54 or 55. I don't know. Either way. Oh, no. Now we're not sure anymore. <laughs> fuck. This is why I think we should just cut that part. I'll just say, welcome to Doubly Negative episode, whatever. Yeah. And when I edit it, I can just say 55. Yeah, that might add some comedic value. Um, <laughs> that's, that's too funny. I threw us both for a loop. So how's everything going? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, had kind of a stressful start to the week. Um, it's going to be really boring. I'm sorry, but uh, oh, is it because you live in Bali? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I, go on. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but my dad and my sister are visiting. Okay. Uh, no, you haven't. Yeah, they're visiting in in nine days now. So um, I was tasked with finding them a, a place to stay. And I thought it was going to be super simple because, uh, I mean, just a few months ago, it was super simple. There were so many places for so cheap. And uh, I, I felt when I talked to my dad about it, he's like, oh, can I get a good place for $1,000? And I was like, hell yeah, you can. You can live like a king. Yeah. And that's not really true anymore. Uh, like a few things converged at the same time. Uh, the restrictions opened up rainy season is ending. And then also it's like a big holiday when they want to come. And uh, I was just running around trying to find them a place, super stressed out, feeling like a bad son, like a procrastinated and all that shit. As driving around hours looking for places. And uh, anyway, I finally figured it out. So I'm feeling a lot better. But that was kind of screwing me up for a few days. Did you procrastinate and finding them a place? Well, I actually talked to my mom about it. And I felt like I was. But she said, well, Kyle, they only got their tickets three weeks ago. Yeah. So what are you supposed to do? It blew my mind because I have this huge like self talk where I'm, I'm saying that it's my fault, but I realized, no, I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't, I actually didn't really do anything wrong except maybe I, maybe I made their expectations too high because I wasn't really sure when I was, but whatever. Yeah. I didn't need to be freaking out as much as I did. But you're basing your, the expectations that you set on prior knowledge of the situation. So you can't really be faulted there. True. True. Yeah. So, and uh, I, I guess I'm also realizing how much, um, how much making them happy here means to me too, because I find myself thinking a lot about ways I can prepare for them. For example, they're going to rent bikes when they get here. I'm thinking, Oh, I should have the bikes at the place before they even get here. What kind of food can I stock the place with before they get here? Like, it really means a lot to me that they have a great time when they're here. 
Yeah, and that and that means something because you kind of want to like impress them with your living situation. Like, oh, like look how well I'm doing. And on the other hand, you want them to see Bali how you see it as a place that you love to live and want to be. Exactly. You know, it's like, this uh, is why I love this place. Like, I want you to see all the great things that I get to enjoy on a daily basis. Like, look how awesome this is. Exactly. And there were some things, there was a lot of negative things running through my mind where I was worried about exactly that. Like, they'll Uh, come and be like, oh, this is kind of, I hate how you have to do this. Like, you don't want any of that. Yes. Yeah. And one of the considerations was my dad really wanted, and this was screwing me up for a while. My dad really said, he said it was non-negotiable. He said he wanted a sea view from the place. And before I started looking around, I thought that was possible, but I realized it's really not unless you go pretty far from me. So then I was faced with this dilemma. Do I give him a place that has the sea view, but it's pretty damn far from everything. And then he's going to be disappointed with the area or do I disappoint him by not getting him the sea view, but getting him a good location. So in my mind, it was like kind of a no win scenario. And uh, yeah, there were a few considerations where I was really worried about exactly what you just said, like disappointing them somehow, feeling like they wouldn't like it here, all those things. But uh, in the end, I found a pretty good compromise. It doesn't have a sea view, but it's 100 meters to the beach. A beautiful place. And it's pretty close to me, too. So yeah, I think it, I think it kind of worked out. And the whole time in the back of your mind, it's like, what would make the trip less? I'm going to go with the opposite of that. So like finding that compromise of like sea view and far away from everything. It's like, all right, close enough to the beach where the sea view, it's not that big of a deal and close enough to everything where they won't even notice like any, I don't know. I can't find the word for it, but you know no, what I'm no, saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just a. Uh kind of um, an explanation of how messed up my mind was. I was all over the place, especially because there's a few different areas we could have found a place in. And Tika was helping with it too. I appreciate her so much for that. She was really like, not only just looking online the whole time with me, but also driving around with me, which was really several hours a day. We went all the way south, all the way east. Anyway, um, I was so what's the word suggestible maybe but we found a place in the south and it had the sea view and i'm like we should take this right and i'm tired i just want to i want it to be over and tika's like well no this is like an hour away from you you really want to drive back and forth an hour every day to see your family and i was like it's okay i just want them to be happy yeah because <laughs> you're thinking sea view over commute yeah and i was just like i i, I was like the 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 um the suspect in a police interrogation room that didn't even do it, but I'm so tired. I just want to go home. And they're like, just say you did it. Like, yeah, yeah I fucking did this it. Place. I sure did. Tired. I want it to be over. I just wanted to take anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little loopy for a few days. Understandably. So that's a stressful situation, mm. but then you realize when they get there, there was no need to stress as much as you did. I think so. I hope so. But maybe you feel like you shouldn't have stressed as much as you did because you did the things that you did while stressed. And that's why you don't think you should have stressed as much. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Eh, who knows? Maybe <laughs> if you didn't stress about those things, you'd be more stressed about their time. I don't know. 
I follow you. I follow you. It's it's not easy, but I follow you. And it, you know, it's definitely not easy. Of, it reminds me of what ended up happening was um funny enough, I the the place I cho I chose was a place off Airbnb that in the very beginning, there's no way I would have chosen this place because it seemed like it was too much money and and also she didn't the, the owner didn't allow me to see it in person before booking. That's weird. It is weird. Um, but I ended up choosing it. And this is kind of details that don't matter. I was able to see the place because they had a free cancellation period. So I booked it with the idea that I can cancel it anyway. Regardless, I ended up having this thought that it was kind of, it was kind of a careless or it was an unresearched decision if, if I had chosen that place before going through all this, it would have been a stupid decision. But because I went through all this, now it wasn't a stupid decision anymore. Does that make okay. sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. Because you could have gone with worse. By far. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of like what you were getting at. Like, I had to go through all of that to arrive at this place. Whereas if I didn't go through all of that, I, I don't know if I'm making sense anymore. No, it, it makes complete sense. Like that place doesn't look as good until you put it up against the other things that you saw. But unfortunately, you set the expectation so high that you're expecting the world when in reality, this spot's actually really fucking solid. Very solid. Yeah, it's because it just wasn't meeting your initial expectation and your fear of them wanting to have a great time and seeing Bali for all that it is. You got it. You got you me. Set it up. You always get me. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I do is I get Kyle. Yeah, yeah, but that's definitely yeah. I get that. It's like what? What's why people clean up when they have company coming over? Let the mm -hmm. let us show them how great we keep this place. You know? Uh, yeah. It's yeah, like after right. you clean up and the people walk in, you say, "Sorry, the place is such a mess." When you just spend hours cleaning up, it's like place is way cleaner than it ever is. Don't who the fuck you can? Yeah, yeah. There is a little bit of that trying to present the best possible version of reality. Yeah exactly no matter how close you are with the person you want them to think that you're you know up there for lack and of a better... i also have this i also have this idea in the back of my mind like i would love my dad to move here yeah exactly you're kind of it's like a sales call for you almost yeah a bit you're trying to sell them on it i really am yeah do you think that's a possibility i don't see why not uh he's gotten pretty froggy in the last year or so he's kind of right. he retired um i'm not sure how many years back this must be two or three and um since then he's kind of i don't know you could go one or two ways in retirement you could kind of settle down and just chill sustain or yeah or just do whatever you want and he's i'm pretty proud of him he's been doing whatever he wants uh he's traveling a lot and I think he's kind of open-minded. Uh, I, I think it's possible that he would come here, see what's possible, and then, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe that plays into the stress you're feeling about them visiting. You really so. want him to move there deep down. And that's why you're putting on such a sales pitch, almost. Yeah, I was even thinking of trying to find him a girl. <laughs> yeah, you're on Tinder with your dad's picture, like, hey, coming to visit. <laughs> That would really that I mean, <laughs> what would be more hospitable than that? Nothing. 
but a little weird when it's a father-son setting it up. <laughs> Maybe like a friend that lives there. Pulling at your son like, hey, dad. Yeah. Hey, whatever floats your boat, really. Exactly. I'm not here to judge. Thank you, Chris. And how, how about you? How's your week been? It's going well. I had therapy for the first time in a, not a long time, but she had vacation and it was over a month. Mm. And, you know, we had a good conversation and um, at the end of it, something stuck out. She said, "Um, so in three weeks, I'm off, but I don't think you need to come back within three weeks. You're doing really, really good. So let's Mm. do the following week anyway. It was like, oh, okay, I'm doing good. What do you think she got a sense of that led her to say that? Maybe my overall outlook on how things are going. Maybe it seemed up. Less anxiety about things. Um, that's my best guess. Hmm. So I think a, f- a couple episodes back you were, or maybe it's the unreleased one, I'm not sure, but you were saying that you were having a, a little bit of a hard time opening up to her um maybe because you weren't meeting so often or maybe because you didn't know what to talk about do you still feel that way or were you able to talk about some deeper things we were able to talk about some deeper things this episode especially with um what's going on in my personal life if you want to find out more you can go to patreon.com slash doubly negative pod and subscribe there but i'll be doing a mini series with my wife and um you can follow along there clip it um yeah so i was able to open up about that a little bit and certain other things that are going on and it felt way more natural less forced and maybe it is because i've had that time to like reflect on things by myself before going to her with them i feel like when you first reflect on certain things in your life it's hard to do that initially with someone else regardless if it's your therapist, your partner, whatever it is. I think you might need to reflect on things a little bit and get your own opinion on them first before going to seek help from someone else. Could be. I, th- I just that, personally, I feel like that's the best way to do it. So you yeah, can, that, that's what I was going to say. That's probably a highly personal thing. Yeah, analyze the situation the best you can and then seek help. Rather than, all right, I'm at the ground floor. I'm not sure how to process all this. Let me just go get someone else's opinion on it. I could see that being pretty useful too. But um, I think I'm the same type as you. And I, I think I would find that really difficult. Uh, I, I've always kind of needed that period to figure it out myself too, to the best of my ability. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of the times I'd be able to properly put it into words how exactly I'm feeling about the situation without going through it myself. Almost like going over a script for a player. Like, how can you get those feelings and emotions, words out without properly analyzing it first? Mm. Have you ever had the sense, this is something I've been thinking about lately, Have you ever had the sense that you're not even sure how you feel? Yeah, all the time. Like even thinking about like, oh, like depression or something. 
am I depressed? Like, how does that actually feel? I don't know how to feel it from somewhere else or what's the proper way to feel something. So is this actually depression or am I feeding into something? Exactly. Like I yeah. have anxiety according to my therapist, but what does true anxiety feel like? Like what, what's, what level of the scale am I at as far as anxiety goes? How is there any way to know? think as far as whether it's a problem that needs treatment or something it's just that's extremely relative it just depends on whether you feel like you need help with it or not um and i feel like the levels of your anxiety or depression like it's not necessarily everyone at level seven gets medication if you're at a scale of one to ten for depression not everyone at a level seven of depression gets medication this person's at a level seven, but their coping level is at a level eight or nine. So they're fine. But this person is also at a seven, but their coping level is at about a four or five. So they may need a little bit of help. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know where I was going yeah. with that, but we're there. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. I was, I've been thinking about it, I think, because uh, it came up in a guided meditation with the Sam Harris app waking up. and. Uh, he, he, so he says, pay attention to what you're perceiving, sight, sound, whatever. But one thing he, he said a couple times is notice if there's any mood or attitude. How do you know what that is? What does it feel like? And the interesting thing is, whenever I try to do that, a lot of times I do it in the morning and I, and I just, it's like an instant answer to his question. Oh, I feel sleepy. But then when I'm actually trying to find what sleepiness feels like, it's like it goes away. It's very strange. And uh, I'm just wondering, anger, happiness, sadness. How do we know we feel those things exactly? It should be a physical sensation, I would think. Yeah, I feel or like it's it, a mental. Or is it just uh, a thought? It's a physical reaction to a mental interpretation. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes me wonder how much of it is almost self-fulfilling prophecy, too. For example, you, you just re you're reacting to things that are happening throughout the day. I think I should feel happy now. And then you say, OK, I feel happy. And then you almost make yourself feel happy. But if you really examine it, do you feel any different than normal? Yeah, and I think that might be a problem with certain people that suffer from like debilitating depression is they can't mimic those feelings of happiness. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't have an issue with it. Like there are certain things that happen and I'm like, oh, that that like that makes me happy. Like me and Michelle recorded that podcast tonight. We had a, it was a really good conversation and I had a lot of fun. It I felt just better overall in my mood. Like it was something that made me happy. But people that suffer from debilitating depression, no matter what positive experience you put in their life, they, it doesn't make them happy. I think that's the big outlier there. Well, actually, I think this gives me a good example to further explain what I'm talking about. So do you really feel happy after doing that podcast? Do you actually feel different or... Have you given yourself a reason to say you feel happy so you think you should feel happy? And then you do. So, so for my own example, I was feeling stressed out earlier this week. 
and then I have this reason, oh, I, I, I finished the search. I found the place for my dad and my sister. Now I can feel happy. Did I really need to go through that? Or, or could I have just taken a minute during that process and felt the same? If you had just really appreciate, if you had just appreciated the fact that they were coming and you were happy that they were coming. So you could have stopped there and, oh, my, my father and my sister are coming to visit me. I feel I'm very happy that they're coming. I'm excited for that. But you wouldn't have been happy with them coming unless you fulfilled the rest of the, the promise you made to yourself of them getting a really great place and you being able to sell them on this thing. Well, that's what I'm getting at, too, is yeah. um, ideally, I'm talking about ideally, maybe I can't reach this ideal, but imagine if ideally you could get rid of all that mental, because that sounds like mental chatter. It sounds like I can only be happy if I fulfill this and this and this and this. Why? What, like, so look at reality right now, where you are, what's going on. All these ideas that we have that we need to do this, this, and this in, until we can feel happy. That logically, it seems like it's wrong. It so seems this, like that's just things we're putting on ourselves. Yeah. So, I think it might just be human nature. This kind of goes into what you and uh, Josh talked about on the potato finance podcast that you recently guest guest start on kids that are like inherit money. They don't have a purpose them as a human being. They don't have to work for a living. They don't add anything to the world. In some cases, I'm not saying all cases, but having that feeling of adding something and you're not necessarily adding value to, well, I mean, I guess you are adding value to the world. You're adding value to your, your family's stay in Bali. So that sense of I'm adding value to something for somebody else gives you that sense of happiness and fulfillment. But it's still just kind of mental gymnastics based on my own arbitrary definitions of adding value. For example, earlier in that same conversation, you said, well, I think you said something like this. It's like, well, you're just adding value by being with them. And that's absolutely true. So logically, if I were able to shift those expectations on myself, I could have saved myself all that suffering of the freaking out and all that. Kind of what I'm getting at is, did I even need to feel that? And that's kind of a, a difficult conversation to have. But I'm just saying, logically, I don't know if all of these, this checklist of I need to do this, this, and this before I can feel this way. I don't think that really makes sense. I just think it's there. And I'm wondering, could I possibly remove that at some point? I think that's an issue a lot of people have. Having to go above and beyond to feel that sense of fulfillment without enjoying it at its root. And I think that's what leads to a lot of people's depression and sadness is not enjoying things for what they are. There are people that can walk outside and say, wow, like, look at this sunset. Right. You know, this is beautiful. Like, I just take it in and enjoy it. And there are other people that couldn't give a shit because they're worried about their crypto portfolio. Exactly. This is Be exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Being able to enjoy things at the root of what they are rather than needing all these additives. Exactly. But and how I've do you get been, there? I don't know. Yeah. I've even been so self-obsessed at various times. I, I mean, I am most of the time anyway, but we both deal with the body dysmorphia, whatever we wish we were a certain way. For me, it's, it's a lot less now, but especially when I was younger, 
I would be looking at a sunset or whatever. I'd be like, well, I wish I could enjoy this, but I'm too fat. <laughs> they yeah. would be like, like it has anything to do with your weight. It's not that simple, but it almost is that simple. It's like, if only I wasn't thinking about how fat I was, I could enjoy the sunset. That is clearly fucked up. Yeah, that's not right. No, you shouldn't be thinking about your weight when you're enjoying something else. But almost everybody is dealing with this to some degree. Yeah, I don't We're think that's uncommon at all. Focused on something else. I know a guy here, the coolest dude, but he's obsessed with his money. And I feel like he's never going to be happy until he's a millionaire. And even then, he's probably not going to be happy because he's going to want to be a billionaire. So maybe if I'm younger, I'm thinking I can't enjoy this because I'm too fat. Now I'm thinking something else. But he's thinking I can't enjoy this because I'm not a millionaire or whatever. And it just seems wrong. And I, yeah, I guess this is what I was talking about earlier. You know, for you, now you can in, enjoy the moment because you did the podcast. I can enjoy the moment because I did this. But I, I wish. What I'm wondering is, can we get rid of the because? And uh, I think Buddhism would say absolutely you can. A lot of people would say absolutely you can. But really, in everyday practice, is it is it practical to remove that? And uh, I still haven't been able to, but I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out in my head. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. I don't think it's practical until you practice it. Uh, <laughs> not to take what you just said and just say it right back at you, but. It's not practical until it's something you practice, just like meditation. You're not great at meditation. If you take time off, it's a diminishing skill. It's mm. something you have to do on a daily basis, but it's not easy, obviously. Otherwise, you know, everyone wouldn't hate each other, but everyone hates each other. So you're not alone. I certainly hate a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Yeah, sorry to go off on that huge. I don't even know where that tangent began. No, but it's an interesting conversation. And I think it's an important one. I think people need to focus on boiling down to the root of being happy during a certain time rather than focusing on the becauses and how you can amplify that. Because you don't always need to. You could accidentally waste. You could accidentally suffer huge periods of your life because of faulty logic and if then because statements in your mind. And I've, I've done it. I've spent weeks and months, uh, especially th this whole weight example is a really good one for me. Spent weeks dieting and not enjoying a single day or minute of the process because I'm just focused on the end result of reaching this goal. I mean, I, I remember you were talking about how you added abs at one point. That mm -hmm. is not a fun process to go through. No. I mean, I don't want to put, I don't want to put ideas in your head or whatever, but I'm sure no, you have not. something there. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's not worthwhile. I think it's very worthwhile as long as you're not sacrificing something bigger in the process. And uh, I think it's very easy for so many people to really sacrifice a large portion of their life and suffer a lot just because of these strange ideas in their head that they might never even achieve. And uh, yeah, I guess that's what I'm talking about. It's scary. Maybe that's also what depression boils down to is having these thoughts in our head that really aren't realistic and putting ourselves through miserable times to get these goals to either A, not get them or B, not be satisfied when we get them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
It's like, oh, I got those abs, but I would really rather just be enjoying my life and not having to count calories and do all this bullshit in order to get them. So it's kind of like you attain that goal and the reward is not what you thought it was. And you spend all this time, all this effort, all this suffering trying to attain that goal. And it's just not what you thought it was. It's like, you know, here's, for instance, there's a cool toy when you're a kid. You cannot wait to get it. Your friend has it. Every time you go hang out with that friend, you can't wait to use it. When you get it, it's not as cool. This happened to me with the Razor scooter. I'll never forget. My cousin had a Razor scooter every time he went over. Could not wait to get my hands on one. I got that Razor scooter. Wasn't everything it was all cracked up to be. Barely used it. Had other things I'd rather do. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. When something's not always readily available to you, it becomes more attractive. Why? Because it's something you can't just get when you want it. You have to go and get it. You have to work for it. And that comes into the self-fulfillment thing, like with you in the sales pitch to your dad. It's something for you to work for and check something like, that's why certain video games are attractive. You had to work to get to this level. You got to this level. It's something you had to put effort into. Show off, I don't want to say expertise, but there was some sort of skill that went into it and you did it. It's almost like uh, self-validation. You're just doing tasks that validate you as a human all day until you die. Is it almost like we can't, we won't let ourselves reach a point of contentment and we need to have a reason that we're not content and something to try to solve? For example, the Razor scooter. When you didn't have it, you had something to want. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that state of wanting is deeply human. I think so, too. Think about even vacations. How awesome are vacations? And then you get there and it's like, oh, it's over. That was a fun vacation. The mm-hmm. anticipation waiting for that bank, that vacation is part of the whole journey. It's not just a vacation. Part of that whole emotional having that want and then getting it. Anticipation is think- half the battle. Not yeah. even battle, half the enjoyment. Having something to look forward to. Yeah, having something to look forward to. Yeah. And and I guess that's what I'm kind of wrestling with now is because the the Buddhist idea is desire makes suffering. So is it even possible to remove that in the first place? What if there was no razor scooter or or what if you just said, I have enough right now? Is that realistic? Is that possible? And, and I know you said, well, you got to practice. And yes, I am. But it still doesn't seem like I'm any closer to it. Or maybe I am, but I haven't noticed. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's possible given the society we live in. Mm. We're all consumers. We're all constantly being sold stuff. There's always something we're going to want. Bigger how? What, what do I want? Mm. I just want enough money where I don't have to work again. 
if I'm being honest. I just want free time to spend it with family, friends, and doing things I want to do. Financial freedom. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to sound like... I just feel like we spend way too much time working and getting ready for work and the next day doing something really no one wants to do. I'd say 90% of the population would rather be doing something else than what they do for a profession. Not even like, I don't hate my job. I like my job a lot, but would I rather be doing that or, you know, getting lunch or going to a brewery with my wife or hanging out with my dog or hanging out with some friends. I'd rather be doing that. So I, I, my want in life is to get to a point where I don't need to work to sustain myself and spend time with the people I want to spend time with. Which is why I've always envied kind of what you do. Because you cut out the things that are unnecessary, really. Like, you don't, you don't have a car, right? You're not gaming on an Xbox. You're just enjoying doing what you want to do and writing when you want to write, living in a place you want to live. It's a very enviable lifestyle. Maybe that's what's got me fucked up sometimes because, because you got to that point you know what i mean so what yeah. are you reaching for now what's exactly. the next step exactly and maybe that's what's so dangerous about again back to the, the conversation with josh what's what is so dangerous about being a rich kid what is so dangerous about being a child actor who made it big the most dangerous thing is that you don't have anything to want and now if you've got that seed of discontent, what do you, what do you do with that? And I can always find somewhere to put it I can say, well, I should be creating something or I should be, I can do the money thing too. I can definitely do the money thing too. I don't do it as much, but, um, but yeah, there comes some points. And right now I'm having one of those right now where like, what do I want? I pretty much have everything I want. So why am I not blissfully happy every day? I think it's better to have wants and have everything you need than have to make moves out of necessity. Because although in your position... Right now, there's a lot of people that would say, I really envy what he's doing. And there are other people that would say, I need to do this in order to self-sustain. Like I have a family to worry about. I have, you know, bills that need to be paid or I'm going to be homeless. You don't have that. And those people would envy you. But right now you're envying someone that's looking for something else. I think you need to find a place where you're content, kind of stripping down like we've talked about pretty much all episodes, stripping down and appreciating the root of what you have right now. And that's comfortability and not a need to grasp for something else. So kind of appreciate the moment. I totally agree. Yeah. Appreciate the moment you're in and, you know, those needs will come or you'll naturally gravitate towards them. Those wants rather you'll, you'll go for those new things when it's appropriate. You're not forced to go for anything right now. And that's a, a, a beautiful thing. I definitely agree. And I do not wish to have more difficulty in my life. Yeah. At all. What I'm trying to express, though, is 
I think this whole discussion, I'm trying to say, I don't think everyone has this. I think some people are blessed to not have this, but I think a lot of us, me included, have this internal discontentment and we don't know exactly why. Maybe it's from trauma as a child or maybe we're born with it. I don't know. But with that, we have to explain it to ourselves. So you have the same feeling. And then let's say you, you want to lose weight. You say, I have this feeling because I'm too fat. Now you lose the weight. You're not fat anymore, but it's still there. And you go, oh, well, that wasn't it. It must be because I'm not rich enough. Then you get rich. It's still there. And uh, what I'm saying is if you have, if you have something to tell yourself that that is, that, that's the state that almost everybody is in. But when you don't have that anymore, when you're like a child actor or the rich kid, you just have that and you don't know what to do with it anymore. And that's kind of a dangerous place to be in. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating my own suffering. I'm not really, I'm not like, not on the verge of my killing myself because I can't figure it out. I'm just saying it's there. I know it's not this thing. I know it's not that thing because I figured that out, but it's still there. And uh, what I'm trying to express is like, just enjoy the moment. Just be happy. Is It's not easy. That's actually a very difficult thing to do. No. And I think that's uh, why people stress the importance of having, you know, hobbies, things to do, things to work for. Like we've talked about the value of jujitsu or even powerlifting, having something to want, even though that's not a necessity, it's something you're working towards. Something you're slowly yeah. improving. I hope so. Yeah. So maybe it's the gym. Maybe it's you finally sit down and write that book. But you're always on that tightrope of, um, take you for example, you're always on that tightrope of, all right, I'm going to try to improve or here's FIFA. Yep. And for me, I'm always on that tightrope. Okay, maybe I'm going to finally write that book or I could order a pizza. Yeah. I could watch Netflix. It's just always taking the easier route. But if you're always taking that easier route, how bad do you want it? Not bad enough. Yeah, I don't know. But we're so poisoned with these extracurriculars and this fantastic food and these video games that are addicting. Just we have all these other things to pull us away from what we should be doing. And it's more prevalent now than it ever has been. Yeah. So much like there's so many things we can be doing other than improving ourselves. So yeah, many things that are so much easier. It's almost like, and I don't really believe this because I think the companies that are providing all those things, FIFA, the food, whatever, they're just doing it to make money. Yeah. But it almost feels like they're stacking the deck against us. If, if our goal is to try to achieve some higher purpose, then all of these companies are just trying their best to create something that's going to stop us from doing it. It's almost like, yeah, that. it's just so they can sell their product. That's 100% what it is. Yeah. That's why they and analyze human behavior. Yeah. Yep. That's why all these companies share data. Like, oh, this is what we collected from this person. You could probably sell them this. Mm -hmm. What are they selling us? 
something that's going to influence their bottom dollar and keep us. It's not like they're intentionally keeping us down oppression, man. They're trying to fuck us over. It's just all they care about is their bottom dollar. They're succeeding. We're failing. You almost can't sell something to someone who's really on their purpose. David Goggins, you ever see him wearing a pair of Yeezys? Nope. What can you sell him? Nothing. He sells you. Nothing. Yeah. And those are the people that end up being the ones that sell you stuff. Look at The Rock, for example. He's just a walking billboard. You want to sell a movie? Throw him in it. Does he know how to act? No, fuck it. Throw him in it anyways. People are going to buy tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, we're designed to consume. We're conditioned to consume and want. People almost improve themselves for the better just so they consume more things. Like those people that are really driven by the bottom dollar and very superficial, their purpose is to improve their self-worth so they can consume more things. I wonder if that's almost a measure of mental health that you could that you could use to to assess yourself. How example, obsessed are you with consuming products or like what, what yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't I couldn't compare myself to you for example because it's all relative and maybe I just want more things than you do or vice versa but but you could maybe say to yourself I want a lot more things now than I did last year. And that might be a sign that you're going in the wrong direction. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, obviously, I like nice things. I would like the new Xbox, but I'm still using my old one. Why? Because I don't really need the new one. Do I? No. I do not. And like Mm. I said earlier, I just want financial stability to be able to live without having to work, just spend time doing things I want to do. When I was talking about that, I wasn't necessarily saying I want to live in a mansion while I do this. I could live where I live now. And if it's paid off and I don't have to pay anything, I'll do that until the day I die. Or I need more space. Given a family or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, consuming out of necessity rather than. Gluttonous consuming. Have you ever known anyone with. An addiction to shopping. And maybe they buy things and they don't even use them. Honestly, no, I have not. But you've heard of it. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Just to want to buy stuff to not use. Yeah, I don't understand it. I think it's a really interesting distillation of the whole desire fulfillment desire fulfillment cycle whereas for example you and i had the same one where we want the perfect body well that's going to take you a long fucking time to figure out if it's going to work or not and you eventually get to that place where you fulfill it and you realize no i still feel this way but and i I don't know this is not me so i don't have it but imagine if you did have that and and you're you're shopping online and you, you, you maybe you're shopping for shirts say this is the perfect shirt i need this you get it. You don't even wear it. Is that what's happening? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand this. I'm just wondering. 
are you constantly going through that cycle if you're one of those people are you just like this is going to complete me ah nope this is going to complete me nope and then you just end up with a room full of shirts or no yeah that makes a lot of sense because it's one of those things too where you don't have to work for it there's just a monetary value behind it Mm. so like you can get that have that instant satisfaction when you're like all right it's on the way and that comes with the anticipation you're waiting for that to come in then you get it you look at it and you're like cool yeah it's that it's that constant cycle of fulfilling that need or you know irrational want fascinating dude and there's a lot of people like that yeah and it's a very easy way to get that fixed too like there's nothing holding you back all you have to do is click a few buttons you got that fulfillment that's what it is Hmm. just reminds me of a a quote from uh, david foster wallace is really good author dead now but I think the quote was maybe I hope this was him, but he said something like everybody's religious. We just pray to different things. And um, it was, that's not the quote at all, but the idea was what are you spending most of your time thinking about and doing? Whatever that is, is what your religion is. Yeah. And uh, say, for example, like maybe, maybe you're not even doing well with your diet. Maybe you're off the rails, but you're still thinking about it all the time. You're kind of praying to a good body yeah i feel Uh, like a lot of christians pray for miracles and don't get them (laughs) yeah just for example yeah 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 Yeah. and if you're addicted to drugs what are you spending all your time thinking about and doing that's your religion yeah um something i thought no that that makes a lot of sense i uh i pray to ea sports fifa bless me with good packs yeah (laughs) yeah you uh you once in a while you make a donation you oh yeah go and you worship at the altar yeah. dude and a lot of times i get fucked but recently i've been blessed oh, you got you got some good luck what'd you get moments Vieira, patrick Vieira, baby icon moments. moments it's like above you know how at the icon tiers it's like base mid prime mm. base mid prime moments how good is he unbelievable yeah unbelievable Bet his physical stat is fantastic, right? Oh, through the roof. His defense, speed, he's tall. He's oh, he does it all. This guy. He was a C- CDM. Oh, yeah. French. Yeah, that's a, that's a good card right there. Congrats. Icon links to everybody. So oh, you're glowing, but I'm glowing. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm it's been a good couple days. He's gonna um, fit right into your team, huh? Oh yeah, he he's like a glove. Nice. But let's not get too deep into that. We've hammered that home. And, you know, it's it's an addiction I don't want to confront. So, sure. sure. Yep. How's Kratom going? <laughs> I'm just trying to shift gears, blame you for something. Off of you. Yeah. Are you, st- are you still doing it? Have you done it in a while? Um, I took it a couple times when um, – when I felt like I needed more energy or mood for a certain thing, for example, I was going to go out and look at some villas and it was going to be an hour drive, not two or three hours drive round trip and everything. And I just felt like maybe this will help me. And there's a couple situations like that. Same and reason it, people have coffee, energy drinks. Kind of. Yeah. But I've been very careful to not do it every day. 
uh, at all. I think I've probably taken it three or four times in the last three weeks. So yeah, that's not. It's there. It's kind of a tool sitting in my cabinet. Yeah, and uh, it is what it is. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Did that's you what... wanna? Oh, sorry. Oh no no no. Then ultimatum Did... reunion. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we <laughs> held off to the end to talk about the Ultimatum Reunion because the last entire episode is the Ultimatum Review, so we didn't want to lose anybody. So if you're ready for the Reunion Review, stick around. If not, stick around. Um, so, Madeline, pregnant. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that marriage is going to last well, we were both wrong already. Yeah. Both of us said there's no way they're going to get engaged. Nope. They showed up with child. What the fuck is going on there, man? The reunion was wild. I also want to mention Jake's hair does not fit his personality whatsoever. Dude. Ugh. Does not fit his personality whatsoever. You didn't see. Um... Maniac with uh, Jonah Hill, did you? No. That's a good show. Sorry, the reference is, it doesn't matter anymore, but Jonah Hill gets that type of hair and it just doesn't fit him at all. And that's what it just reminded me of. Like, yeah, it doesn't fit him at all. And then Ray, Bumpin' Tunas now, she's exploring herself. Uh, Bumpin' Tunas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's she doing? Bumping tunas. Did you? Where, where's that from? I never heard that before. I might have made it up. I might have stole it from someone else. At this point, I'm gonna say it. Bumping tunas. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what she's doing. Good for her. Yeah. So uh, Jake and Zay are both sitting there, like, yeah. I guess we really ruined this chick, huh? Jake like, is like, <laughs> I really wish I went with April. Fuck. She's with some older dude now. So, well, just to recap on our predictions. I think I was over three and you were one for three. Is that right? We had one that was the same. And I think I hit on that. So I, oh, so I was one for three. You were two for three. Yeah. I said, Randall. Yep. Randall and Shanique. I said, yes. Yeah. And they, pretty they sure. did. If we're wrong, leave a comment, make friends in the comments. Um, I think I said, um, Ray and Zay was a no. They had already broken up. So that was an easy prediction. So I nailed that one. What you said that I disagreed with was, uh, and you ended up being right, because you said Jake and April will not get together. Jake's going to ride off into the sunset with Ray. Mm-hmm. And that was correct. Now she's bumping tunas. She's not with she's Jake bumping tuna. Yeah, not with Jake. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the one you were right about, and I wasn't. And um, yeah, take the reins because my memory is failing my, me already. What, what was the big, what was going on in the reunion? What, what's like a big drama moment? They were going to take a trip at the end of the ninth episode. Then when they get to the reunion, yeah. they didn't take the trip because they didn't think it was appropriate. Yet, Zay is saying Ray and him were doing the horizontal mambo. And that was after she already rode off in the sunset with Jake. Yeah, what's up with that? So, you know, she was a prisoner of her of the situation. She had that serotonin pumping through the roof. She went with Jake. The, with Jake. 
because you know they just met they had so many similarities dude they checked all the boxes list and who are they to say the process that nick the nick lachey put together wasn't going to work the nick lachey the nick lachey so they went along with it and then she was like oh maybe you know us both loving our parents isn't that crazy of a similarity yeah, yeah, they had the a couple. Person. Yeah, they had a couple sleepovers, and he snored like an asshole, and also left the seat up at night. And she mm. started seeing these things that you see when you're in a relationship with someone for a long time. She yeah. Went, oh, you know what? Maybe the he's blindfold and the feather tickler weren't that exciting the third, fourth time. Yeah, around. you know, it wasn't tick. She wasn't that ticklish the third night in a row. Man, so, so she sounds real confused, and I mean, no judgment here. I guess she's young and a lot of people go through this phase, but she, she went with the new guy, went back to the old guy and then started bumping tunas. Like she's all over the place. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Figure it out now, you know, do what you got to do. You don't want to get locked in with abusive Zay who just screams and walks away or Jake who's confused with his identity and doesn't know the haircut doesn't fit him. You know, (laughs) he's real confused. Yeah, now, he's the most confused one on the show because it's not working for you, brother. Not. Zay and Ray had a big confrontation on the reunion. Yeah, he got up and walked away. Huge surprise. It's just what he does. He did the Zay thing. Yeah. She was real pissed at him because he did not tell her that he and Shanique had done some sort of mambo. Um I still don't know what they did, but they did something. I don't they think anyone knows what they did, but they did some fooling around. And it's some sort of mambo. It's because Zay was yelling at her for doing that with Jake. Yes. The double so standard. There was, some, there was some hypocrisy there. There was some lying there. Yeah. It was not, uh, and especially with how aggressive Zay can be with his criticism. It was not a good moment for Zay. No, um, absolutely not. And she was feeling very righteous and justified in the moment, and she went for it. It almost seemed like before the show happened, she decided to herself, I am going to get him. And uh, that's what happened. She, she really let him have it, and he didn't want to hear it. He did start apologizing. I don't even know if she was open to it, but he's not great at apologizing anyway. Either way, it was kind of a, hey, it was one of those reality TV moments. Yeah, he's just like, I'm going to turn my piece of shit meter all the way up and then mm. apologize for it afterwards. It's like he doesn't understand consequences of what he's saying or take into account what he's doing to the other person with the words that he's saying and just says mm. them and then realizes it afterwards and says, oh, maybe I should. You know what? While still not taking accountability for the real like issue at hand. Yeah. And also, I, I do sure Ray is the one in the right in that situation, but I also do wonder what she's doing exactly. I think she's just trying to have her moment where she gets to stand up and be the woman that's yelling at the guy. I don't know, because if you already know Zay's not going to hear it, what's the point of that outburst? I guess she's doing it for herself. She wants to get it off her chest. But uh, I don't know. I don't think she looked great either, in my opinion. It's all for TV, really. It's all for the optics of it all. Yeah, true. It's also people can post a Scorpio and a Blood Mood 
and it's just her giving it to him. Have you seen that? No, no, I haven't, but we should make it if we want to make the double negative Instagram pop. Basically what it was, yeah. Scorpio when it's fucking spring. Scorpio when it's fucking winter. <laughs> Dude, I fucking hate that. Because you see it for every single uh, fucking sign. It's like, I saw that for Scorpio last week. What are you talking about? I used to get those so much, and then I finally, I finally started clicking not interested. And now I don't get them, but yeah. I was getting them a lot. It's yeah, it's annoying, but it's so funny. And I I judge everyone that posts stuff like that. You have so, to. You got to yeah. judge some people. We might have lost a couple listeners right there because we did just get a surge of new downloads. So we might have some new listeners. So if you post that stuff, unsubscribe. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. I'm just <laughs> come on. Just kidding. We love you. Um, I, I don't know if it's worth bringing up, but um, the Colby and Madeline thing is, is just really mind-blowing to me. I really don't know what's going on with Colby. I don't understand how he could be that all in. It just feels to me there's a lot we're not seeing in that relationship. I feel like there's a lot we're not seeing in all the relationships that they just don't put in. In order for us to actually form opinions, true opinions on what's going on with these people, like just us hearing at the reunion, oh, Ray was actually fucking with Zay the whole time. It's like, how do we, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know. We just know what is presented to us and we base our judgments off of that. That's certainly true. But for a lot of the other couples, it's like they show you A, B, C, and D, and you can go, all right, well, I didn't see E, but I, get, I understand F. But uh, Madeline Colby to me is like, okay, I saw A, B, C, and D. Why are they at Z? I just yeah. don't. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't add up to me. I, and one thing I was explaining to you, I explained to Tika too, like, what is going on in Colby's mind? I don't think much. Is I think he, he's just going with it, dude. Honestly. And, he and has this, is the, this is the either or that I posed to you. Either he's someone who has what we were discussing in the first half of the podcast. Maybe he just is Zen. Maybe he just appreciates every moment for what it is because the alternative is too scary to imagine <laughs> that he yeah. has, that he has all the resentment that I would, because just to recap, Madeline totally trashed him every chance she got her friends, trashed him, everybody trashed him. And it seems like he holds no resentment whatsoever. It just seems like he's happy and appreciative of her. And for me, I don't understand it. I don't he get saw it. the show. He yep. saw what she was saying about him, and he still was like, let's have a baby. What? Yeah, and it's, you know, going back to what we talked about in the beginning of the episode, that feeling of him being just completely content and appreciating for what it is, it's very rare for someone to feel that way, I feel. Like, to actually have that genuine happiness at the root of a situation. Most people struggle with that. And I don't know if he is, then that's highly likely that that's the cause. But I have a feeling it is not the cause. I have a feeling he's just going with the flow. A fear of 
being alone, maybe. Just saying, this is what I have. I got to hold on to that. A fear of falling behind in life. Maybe all of his friends are having kids and getting married and doing all this. So he feels I have to be with them. There's so many things it could be. Well, I could introduce a, a theory I read from Reddit. Um, a lot of people were calling him a narcissist. Yeah. And I think that's a term that gets bandied about a, a little bit too much, maybe. For sure. But the, the theory went something like this. It's like the, one of the big pieces of evidence was that um, Madeline's mother was talking about when she first met Colby and he presented himself as the best thing ever. Uh, he really impressed her because he was so attentive. Da, 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 da. And then the subsequent times they met, it's like the he wasn't able to keep up the illusion. And um, something about narcissists, from my limited knowledge, is that they can't stand to lose someone. Um, so maybe if, if this is the case, and I'm not saying it is, but maybe he's got Madeline if he's a narcissist and he just cannot stand a loser. And no matter what happens, he's just going to claw and just try to keep her. And maybe behind closed doors, it's pretty awful. We don't, we don't, we don't know what it is, but, um, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he, maybe his number one goal is just keep her for whatever reason. And you just. He's just not going to let go. And if he is going to lose her, it's going to 100% be on his terms. No questions asked. Yeah, that's the thing that they do sometimes from, again, from my limited understanding is that the discard, uh, if you are with a narcissist, um, they will do that. They're, they get the fear of abandonment. They're not going to let you go. But then uh, at any time, they might just drop you and then you're trash. Yeah. Um, so maybe. I feel like that is more than likely the case. I, I feel like he's not completely zen with that situation. You could tell just by how he reacts and some of their arguments, like when he got caught being a cheater and he wasn't even interested in having the conversation for his own selfish reasons. If he truly yeah. was worried about losing her, that's the point where he should be defending himself till he dies. till he's red in the face. He had no interest in true. That. True. Yeah. He's just, um, and this is something else about those types of people, the, the narcissist people. They just do these kind of real-time calculations of what they have to do to keep the person. Yeah, what's going to keep me alive in this moment? It's like yeah. a batter up at the plate, three-two count. Yeah. Swing, just foul tip it. Just stay alive, get a chance at a shot you can hit. Yeah, yeah, and in that moment, so whereas I guess you're, you, you could say someone who's got genuine intentions they would say, well, I want to be honest. I want my partner to know who I am. I'm going to tell the truth. In that moment, that's not even going through his head. If this is the case, he's just saying, what is, the, what is my best chance of keeping her? Yeah, I don't want to I tell the truth. Prolong leave me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that could be it. There, there does seem to be some evidence for that. But uh, yeah, he's the only one that really intrigues me in that way because everybody else I seem to, I, I, think, I, I think I know what their motivations are. It seems to be pretty cut and dry. But for him, I just... To see what, what happened in the show and see his demeanor, it's just pretty baffling. Yeah, it but. doesn't make much sense. Mm. Could also be learned behavior from his parents. You could trace it all back to how he was brought up. Probably. Yeah. There's, there's just so much shit. We could speculate all fucking day. Yeah, let's do it. But we just pick the narrative that fits what we want to believe. 
Very true, Chris. And I believe he's a narcissist. Fuck that guy. That guy. Yeah. And that's why it's important to get to know everyone before making a judgment. That's the message well of the episode. All right. It's um it's eleven thirty. I gotta get up About at that time. Six. Yeah. Oh. So we're gonna wrap it up. If you made it this far, go subscribe to the Patreon. Listen to the mini series with my wife and I. Go listen to Kyle's singing negatives because they're super insightful. If you want to follow us on Instagram, doubly negative. I think that's the handle, but we're gonna start using that more. Tito Bulls, Kyle Cast ATX. Follow all of them. We're big time now. We had a meeting before this. We're fucking big time now. That's all you got to know. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go. All right. Kyle, I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Don't just leave rudely this time. I'm going to say that before cutting out. This is life being bound to love.